Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening. This is the Undisputed Future Podcast, episode 89. I am your host, CD, Danny Mac, the UFP show that talks about that NXT show. I cannot thank you guys enough for listening. Team NXT, welcome back, and a special welcome to all my possible new listeners. It is Friday, June 7th. We are just about a week removed from the exciting events of NXT TakeOver 25 from Bridgeport, Connecticut. And even though we are just about a week removed, I'm still not over the events of last Saturday. What an incredible event. TakeOver 25 living up to the standards of the previous 24, 25 if we want to count all of the NXT events, including NXT Arrival. But why argue semantics. NXT TakeOver 25. The crowd was electric. I was fortunate enough to take the trip with my brother, making it to my seventh TakeOver personally, my second one outside of the state of New York. Been to Philadelphia also. Another incredible NXT title match between Johnny Gargano and Andrade Almas. Johnny TakeOver really looking to show up and show out and defend his NXT championship a title I was fortunate enough to also witness him win. You get to see the other side of that spectrum sometimes also. Let's jump into all the events of NXT TakeOver 25, as well as the live action from the June 5th edition of NXT television, featuring two matches recorded before the TakeOver events, what I refer to as the TakeOver pre-show, post-show. Because canonically, these events are going to influence storylines happening post-TakeOver 25, and that includes NXT's EST taking on the HBIC number 3, as well as Keith Lee versus Kona Reeves. Going to jump into those after TakeOver discussion. Let's jump right into a shock to the system with Roderick Strong taking on the king of original bros, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle is making a return to Evolve quite soon, so I just thought, why not combine both of his nicknames? The King of Bros will be referred to as the King of Bros in just a matter of days. This match was very interesting to start. I fully anticipated walking into the arena that the TakeOver, excuse me, Tag Team title ladder match would kick off this TakeOver event as the Tag Team Championships are known to do. Uh, Just recently, Alistair Black and Ricochet taking on the Viking Raiders, kicking off TakeOver New York. So, just kind of a recent pattern in NXT TakeOvers of a tag team title match, thrown off track with an absolutely incredible singles match. I don't really remember the last time we had a non-title singles rivalry matchup kick off a TakeOver. I know Cassius Ono versus the Velveteen Dream started off TakeOver Philadelphia. That's the first That's the last time that I recall, personally, if anybody wants to correct me on that fact, feel more than welcome. Otherwise, I am used to tag team action starting off the show, but this was a great choice. One of the matches I definitely had my eye on this past Saturday. Undisputed Era looking to start this TakeOver event with a little bit of momentum. Throwing Roddy right into the spotlight to start off the show, really just throwing you to the wolves Let's kick this thing off right. Can Undisputed Era start this evening on the right foot? 
whereas Matt Riddle is looking for redemption against the Dude Crew, especially for the attack played out by Roderick Strong in the Full Sail University parking lot. Full Sail University parking lot's a place of hazards. Just go back to the Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, mysterious attacker storyline from earlier last summer. It was really, really an even matchup, really even on the grappling skills, just a little bit of a difference in the striking ability of Riddle and Strong. Otherwise, I thought this was a very even wrestling matchup. Roddy Strong with a lot of stamina, Matt Riddle with his mixed martial arts background, so you know that these guys could go 15, 20, half hour. I really didn't care how long these guys were in the ring for. I was just very excited to witness it. Roderick Strong emphasizing one of his other areas of expertise, and that is using every part of the ring as a weapon, most notably for some signature backbreakers. Most notably, probably on the ring apron, really laying out the most impact in this matchup, the hardest part of the ring, as we have heard numerous times before. Roddy also dropping a series of of unique maneuvers. The Messiah of the Backbreaker was in full effect this evening. The submissions and sequences, however, by Matt Riddle, absolutely incredible. Riddle did have the power advantage in this matchup. Even if it was slight, Roderick Strong able to muscle around the original bro as well. Really, really just the submission skills, all the difference maker in this matchup by my estimations. Just a really high-octane, really investing opener for this TakeOver event. It really, really took a lot of shots at Riddle. You thought so many, so many times that Roderick Strong would be able to seal what he had started in that parking lot attack. Several shots for Strong to end this matchup, but it would not go as planned. Matt Riddle breaking out all of the offense, and if I heard this correctly, I didn't know what to call it. Maybe maybe because I'm not as familiar with Matt Riddle's PWG stuff as I should be familiar with, but a bro Derek drop, I believe, if I heard commentary correctly, would win this matchup for Matt Riddle. I'm used to seeing Riddle ending his matches with the bro mission submission, but Roderick Strong, too tough to tap out. A devastating drop by Riddle does seal him the victory and his second takeover win. So Matt Riddle on the winning sides of a takeover record, now 2-1, counting that first win over Cassius Ono, and of course the unfortunate loss in a great match, probably my match of the weekend at TakeOver New York, WrestleMania weekend against the Velveteen Dream for that North American Championship. So despite coming up short in the title picture, Matt Riddle with a big takeover win, halting the momentum of Undisputed Era, at least at this point in the evening. Roderick Strong could be positioned for a little bit of backlash by his Undisputed Era brethren. Not really sure where it lies as far as the tension is concerned. Riddle did seem to prove his worth and his loyalty, and that the Undisputed Era is literally stronger together, so I feel like Roddy could be on the better side with Adam Cole, and Adam Cole obviously on top of the world right now, I'll get to that in just a matter of minutes, 
But I do. I do think that Roderick Strong could be in a little bit of a gray area where it stands. However, his fellow brethren in Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish did not walk out with the NXT Tag Team titles either. So there could be a little bit of the leader really rising to his role in the Undisputed Era at this point and kind of looking down on his fellow associates. I don't want to see that happen. I really think that Roddy, O'Reilly, and Fish will be able to unite in this quote-unquote new era of the Undisputed. But really what this did, what this match particularly did, was build a lot of momentum for Matt Riddle to be taken seriously as a title contender. Unsuccessful in the North American title picture, but if he continues this series of big wins, whether it is at the next TakeOver event, if it does go that long without Riddle getting a proper opportunity at the NXT Championship, I do think that Riddle could be in line for, at minimum, a rematch with the Velveteen Dream for the North American title. Riddle, with a solid win over Roddy, could definitely spell that possible opportunity out for him. Let's jump into the match that I thought would kick off this evening, and that is the Fatal 4-Way ladder match for the NXT Tag Team titles, featuring 1-2 Punch of Oni Larkin and Danny Burch, the Forgotten Sons Steve Cutler, and former NXT Tag Team Champion Wesley Blake, the Street Profits Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, and of course the aforementioned Undisputed Era representatives of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish the most proficient tag team sector of the Undisputed Era. This match was just so outrageous. The ladders all over the ring, the constant calamity in the ring, high energy, lots of callbacks to previous rivalries within the tag team division. Street Profits and the Forgotten Sons had their time to really get in each other's face. Undisputed Era and 1-2 Punch going as far back to call back their history at NXT TakeOver Chicago. These two teams have competed for NXT Tag Team Title Gold in the past, and that's where Oni Larkin and Danny Burch, in my opinion, really solidified themselves as a solid team with undeniable chemistry. To put the focus on another team and not take anything away from the bumps and the absolute sacrifice these guys put on their bodies during this match. The Forgotten Sons, particularly Wesley Blake, looked like he had a death wish throughout this match. The suicide dives, the top top of the ladder falling off, Steve Cutler battered, beaten, and bruised, taking these back bumps. Nobody took as serious a back bumps as Kyle O'Reilly's back. You could witness on his Instagram the legitimate lacerations on his lower and middle of his back. KOR looked TKO'd by the end of this one. Kyle O'Reilly probably, and this isn't discounting the sacrifice anybody else made in this matchup, but Kyle O'Reilly really stood out to me by the end of this one as the guy who took the absolute most beating in this entire matchup. Somebody from taking beatings to dishing out beatings, the X-Factor of the Forgotten Sons, that being Jackson Riker. The juggernaut Jackson storming the ring at one point, Riker would cause a riot and force the other teams to bond and slam a ladder down consistently 
on the largest member of the Suns, really trying to neutralize any possible diversion, distraction, or advantage that this man could have given the Forgotten Suns. Montez Ford really putting the exclamation points on Riker's interference. Such a scary spot watching it live. Ford took as high of a leap and as far of a dive as you think you can by clearing that top rope with just a vertical leap. Jackson Riker was far enough away where I think he overestimated Ford's ability or underestimated where he would land. But there was a really scary landing for Montez Ford on that one. He did get enough offense to put the largest biker out of this matchup for sure. Uh, Bell-to-bell chaos really can't, can't sell it to you any more than that. There have been great ladder matches in NXT's past. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2015. The Demon King Finn Balor taking on Kevin Owens and defending his NXT championship. NXT champion being Finn Balor, Finn Balor winning the gold at uh, Rising Sun, Beast of the East, Beast in the East, Beast in the East, Rising Sun, Japan, all that stuff kind of mingling in my mind just there. Boy, you could go back as far as NXT arrival with Neville and Bo Dallas in a great ladder match in their own right. This was when Bo Dallas was given opportunities in NXT, and I will get to some very special opportunities of a returning NXT superstar with Tyler Breeze right after this. The inaugural six-man ladder match for the North American Championship, Adam Cole, EC3, Velveteen Dream, Lars Sullivan, Killian Dane, <coughs> excuse me, and Ricochet. Another great ladder match in NXT's history, Adam Cole would find himself successful in that title arrangement as well. So this falls right up there with another successful ladder match for NXT. Where it ranks in comparison to those other ones mentioned, I'm going to leave that up to listener's choice. My personal favorite is still going to be, with incredible bias, the Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens match. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2015, that day felt like a WrestleMania to the NXT hardcore fan. Let's jump to the results. The Prophets were able to overturn and overcome the Forgotten Sons. Wesley Blake taking one hell of a dive off the top ladder because of a leap of faith by Montez Ford from the ropes to the ladder, knocking off Wesley Blake, a former NXT Tag Team Champion, to secure their first NXT Tag Team title run. Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, the Street Prophets, are the NXT Tag Team Champions. From Evolve Tag Team Champions, that was really their proving grounds, I suppose, as Tag Team Champs, to NXT Tag Team Title Holders. Big celebration in the Bridgeport crowd. Fortunate enough to be able to see it from my seats, but unfortunate enough, I was just one section over from getting a solo cup, which I thought at the beginning of the evening, maybe I should stop somewhere and pick those up just as people were handing out Johnny Gargano signs. Shout out if you're out there listening, by the way. I really appreciate anybody who took a business card this past weekend. But yeah, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford, finally solidifying their title and gold claims in NXT. Any one of the teams that were in this ladder match could very well pose a threat as their first tag team championship 
contenders. I think it'll be the Forgotten Sons to step up first. Undisputed Era will probably be spending a lot of their time supporting Adam Cole and trying to get themselves back on track and continuing their chemistry. I really see Oni Orkin 1-2 Punch moving on from here, but as announced this past week on NXT television, Orkin and Birch are taking on the Undisputed Era in tag team action. That possibly could be a non-formal, a informal, excuse me, don't know why I said that, (laughs) informal invitation as number one contenders, the victors of that match. Forgotten Sons, they've been known to create chaos in number one contender spots before, tag team title matches before, so they're going to make sure that we do not forget their names and they will do unto others as they see fit. But the party's going to continue for now, Street Profits celebrating their first NXT Tag Team title reign. Alright, from bringing the swag to bringing the spotlight, we have the North American Championship between the Velveteen Dream and a returning to NXT, a inspired Tyler Breeze. This would be a battle for the spotlight, a war of two massive egos in NXT. Probably the two most self-absorbed characters that have come through NXT, with the possible inclusion of the finest Kona Reeves. Say what you will about his matches, but there is definitely no shortage of ego. Anyway, Dream versus Breeze. Dream versus a inspired Tyler Breeze. Velveteen Dream versus the Tyler Breeze I've seen put on matches with Jushin Thunder Liger. The Tyler Breeze I have seen take Finn Balor to the absolute limits when it came to NXT Championship number one contenders matches. The Tyler Breeze I have seen stand up and show out in the self-titled NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way, Fatal 4-Way NXT Championship main event. This was the return of a spotlight that had not been shown in quite some time. A great match, Velveteen Dream continues to grow, and Tyler Breeze was able to tap into potential he has not been able to show. All Tyler Breeze needed was the opportunity to be put on the big stage once again. His takeover history does speak for itself in the performance aspect. The win-loss record, I'm going to set that aside for now. The guy has had many takeover appearances, and put on a great match each and every time. When Tyler Breeze is given his moments, he is one of the most talented superstars on any roster. The attention has rightfully gone to Velveteen Dream, one of the most promising prospects and characters to ever step foot and go through the NXT system. The man needs to hold on to the gold at this point so he's an essential champion in NXT and doesn't get brought up and ruined on the main roster, in my humble opinion. Don't know if that's 100% true. Look at what happened with the Viking Raiders. I really don't want to see any more vacancies of NXT titles with what went hap- what, what, with what happened with the NXT Championship and Tommaso Ciampa and the Viking Raiders getting their unexpected call-up and name change and all that nonsense. I don't want to see anything happen to short this North American title reign, unless it is a worthy contender stepping up and putting the gold in somebody else's hands. Tiger Breeze more than worthy as a competitor 
However, it did not play out that way on June the 1st. One lesson I took away from this match, do not touch either man. Tyler Breeze right back at his old ways of disparaging the referee trying to do his job. And Velveteen Dream, you don't touch the dream. Dream is too big to hold. And you don't touch the dream unless the dream is touching you first. Interpret that any way you would like. This was, it was an exciting match. Got to see Tyler Breeze break out some moves I really feel like I haven't seen him do since his match with Jushin Thunder Liger. Or possibly his Survivor Series match with Dolph Ziggler going as far back as a main roster debut almost. And him and Fandango had a terrific tag team title match with the Usos. That was probably the last match that I could really recall being invested in Tiger Breeze's performance. And that sucks because I'm a fan. He was my favorite. I loved to hate the man when he was in the top heel position on NXT programming. Tiger Breeze will always be one of my favorite talents and he is more than welcome back in the NXT spotlight as far as I am concerned. Velveteen Dream vowing that the spotlight would continue to shine on him and keeping to that promise. This was a twisted ending to a very exciting match. And this match was so exciting, I heard Moro Ronaldo call a super kick from my seating section. Just the energy that man brings behind commentary is unmatched. Such a huge inspiration and a part as to why I do what I'm doing right now. The title would be brought into play by ringside by the Dream, attempting to strike Tiger Breeze, probably solidify his victory with the disqualification, solidify his title reign with the disqualification, not a win in the matchup. The win would go to Tiger Breeze and Dream would continue his reign. However, Breeze, wise to this attack, would catch the title, not risking not risking disqualification, and would fall shortly after into the Dream Valley driver, and the Purple Rain would be made from the top rope to the canvas, driving the elbow into the solar plexus of Prince Pretty, and still C-H-A-M-P, the Velveteen D-R. E-A-M. Great match. I don't know what this ending really was. I don't know if it was a mutual show of respect or if this was a reluctance by Tyler Breeze, but the match would end with a selfie with the champ. My biggest concern is that this is not a one-off for Tyler Breeze. Don't send him back down just to get sent back up and underutilized again. Let's get Tyler Breeze in a rivalry he can successfully win and show off his full potential besides a title opportunity that he comes up short in again. I'm going to talk about him a little later, but I could really see Kona Reeves and Tyler Breeze having a match that elevates both superstars. Kind of a little rivalry, Kona able to show his particular egotism up against Tyler Breeze's massive ego in his own right. Take a shot for every time I've said ego or spotlight in the course of this conversation out there, Team NXT. Really just consistent themes make for the best storytelling. So Kona Reeves versus Tyler Breeze, a rivalry I can definitely see happening. And if I'm going to split up that match I'm going to talk about a little later, I could see Keith Lee stepping up and being a valuable contender for the NXT North American Championship 
as well. But until that time, and still, C-H-A-M-P, the Velveteen Dream. Moving on to the Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler, the Queen of Spades, the submission magician, putting her title on the line against the genius of the sky in Io Shirai. Thought this match was excellent as well. Io Shirai bringing a new intensity to this match, very similar to her best friend Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane, former tag team partners with Io Shirai, making up the Sky Pirates. And if we if you recall, Kyrie Sane's last match on NXT television was against Shayna Baszler for that NXT Women's Championship. Shayna Baszler would attack the arm viciously of Kyrie Sane. This match would end in a no contest due to Io Shirai's support. Really, that's that's the only way to put it. Io Shirai would rather see her best friend healthy than risk anything for a championship. Io Shirai putting her best friend's health and this redemption ahead of anything else. Kyrie Sane's intensity in her own rivalry with Shayna Baszler, I really thought that Io Shirai brought a similar intensity that Shayna Baszler just seems to bring out in competitors. Anybody stepping up to Shayna Baszler and this NXT Women's Championship reign has to tap in to probably a side of themselves that they haven't had to use ever. Just this unrivaled aggression that you're going to see out of the NXT Women's Champion and the bullying that goes on within that locker room as long as Shayna Baszler is in control. Somebody needs to step up and really, really deliver on the intensity side. And Io Shirai, I thought, did a really great job in showing us a new side of herself. One of the downsides of watching a TakeOver Live, besides not having Mauro Ronaldo on commentary, is really seeing the facial features and the facial expressions change of competitors. You, you obviously get to see it depending on what seating section you're in. And even if you have really good seats, it's kind of hard to tell from the distance. You'll get a good look at the ring and the action, but the individual expressions of competitors is kind of lost at times, and I really wasn't able to truly appreciate and watch this develop until I saw it on television and watched it back. Io Shirai really bringing a new side of herself out and really delivering on what I just went on a rant on. Shayna Baszler continues to dismantle and disables opponents' extremities, the arm in particular of Io Shirai, but also a sharp knee attack and assault throughout this matchup as well. Despite all this, Io Shirai would never back down, even in the face of a numbers disadvantage. The Queen's Army, made up of Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke, would make their presence known at ringside as vaguely anticipated based on the foreshadowing of NXT television. Candice LeRae would also come through on a promise, and luckily LeRae was able to assist with the kendo stick and neutralize the Queen's Army. So Candice LeRae stepping up and defending the current number one contender for the NXT Women's Champion. Yes, we have seen that before, and I'll get into that right after we go over this result. Io Shirai brought it, she brought it all, she gave it all, however, just an unfortunate caught in the clutch. Shayna Baszler's submission is so sudden and so deadly, 
just cannot be stopped. Once she has it on, the only thing that's going to save you is the ropes. It's not going to be shown any sort of mercy. And Io Shirai just unfortunately caught. And after the brutal beatdown of the rest of the matchup, everything just catching up to Shirai and submitting to Shayna Baszler. And still the NXT Women's Champion for the second time, Shayna Baszler. Shayna's second title reign somehow seems to be scarier than her first. Maybe it's because we're seeing a lot of new competitors step up and she's thinking of new creative ways to hurt and dismantle her opponents. And like most recent takeovers, the question stepping out of this becomes, who can stop Shayna? In particular, more specifically, a question I have is, does Candice step up next? We've kind of seen this pattern before. Shayna Baszler finds an opponent. Shayna Baszler puts down her opponent. Somebody in the NXT women's locker room also wants to stand up to Shayna Baszler. So they support the current number one contender. And thus, everything just seems to snowball. One competitor loses their opportunity. The person supporting them decides to be the next next one to step up to the plate. Candice LeRae seems to be fitting that bill at this time. Showing her support to Shirai in the same way Shirai showed her support to Kairi Sane. Same way that Io Shirai was stepping up alongside Bianca Belair. At one point for the NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai's pinfall victory over Shayna Baszler came in a six-woman tag team match with which Bianca Belair was a tag team partner. So one opponent can always stem another in the NXT Women's Championship. It's not just Shayna Baszler versus insert one opponent here. This really forwards the narrative that this is Shayna Baszler versus the NXT Women's Locker Room, period. Anybody willing to join forces and step up and go through the Queen's Army and all the submission devastation that they are capable of is going to step up and be that NXT Women's Championship number one contender. Somebody needs to cycle through this locker room and get the troops rallied and somebody needs to assist the other with their training in submissions and submission counters. Quite frankly, I think that's really the only way to defeat Shayna Baszler. Somebody needs to step up with just as much submission specialty as Shayna Baszler. That's a tall order in dealing with what Shayna has done in her past and her entire combat sports career. It could be a possible way to go. Shayna Baszler could just be brought down by a up-and-coming underdog's relentlessness to become NXT Women's Champion. That's kind of the bill that I see Candice LeRae fitting at this time. Will LeRae find herself in a campaign for the NXT Women's Championship? All we know is, right now, the Queen of Spades' reign continues. Main event time. Boom. Adam Cole, baby, taking on Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Producer, Johnny Champion, whatever he's going by these days, the NXT Championship up for grabs in Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole 2. Adam Cole harping on the fact that their last two out of three falls encounter would have gone any other way in any other matchup 
Had that first fall been in any other NXT Championship match, Adam Cole would have been crowned NXT Champion. Johnny Gargano able to fight back for two successive submission victories. Gargano then being crowned NXT Champion. Adam Cole insists on he is the uncrowned NXT Champion. Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano 2, an incredibly anticipated matchup, and boy, did it deliver on each and every front. I didn't even know how to note-take during this match. Trying to describe and break down this match and the emotional roller coaster and the high suspense and how you feel during near falls and this and that, it's like describing a rainbow to a blind person. It, it really is. It's just one of those experiences you need to watch as a wrestling fan. It's one of those must-see matches if you are of the NXT faithful. Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole delivering an absolute instant classic at NXT TakeOver 25. Breaking it down as much as I can though, Adam Cole targeting the base of Johnny Gargano. Gargano would target Adam Cole's arm. Really back and forth, back and forth, signature move after signature move, lots of Panama City sunsets by Adam Cole, super kicks off the chart, Johnny Gargano putting everything on the line inside the ring, outside the ring, taking and delivering as much of an ass whooping as the NXT champion can process. However, the knee would give way. Johnny Gargano would take an absolute beating on his left knee throughout the course of this matchup as well. Adam Cole came into this matchup smart. He came in with a strategy. He came in with a series of diversions and taking advantage of every single possible open window of opportunity. One point in the match, Gargano would be distracted by Adam Cole presumably ushering out the remaining members of Undisputed Era to the ring even though Adam Cole insisted that he can do it on his own. Johnny Gargano wise to be aware of this possibility, but Roddy just went through an absolute ringer with Riddle. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish broken, bruised, and beat up after that fatal four-way ladder match. So the odds of Undisputed Era coming out to the ring were probably a lot lower than Johnny Gargano was able to anticipate in the heat of this matchup. It would not pay off, Gargano would not be interfered with, and Adam Cole would seize every little bit of this ending opportunity. The knee would give way, Gargano beaten, bruised, and broken down would fall to his would fall off his feet, a st- another remaining sunset to a last shot by Adam Cole the knee to the back of the head would solidify a 1-2-3 and the W, and we have a new champ, baby. And I gotta tell you, the Bridgeport, Connecticut crowd was quite happy with this result. They got an instant classic of a matchup, and honestly, I don't know how it came across on television. On television, in my opinion, watching it over a second time, I really feel like it came across as 50-50, but my live experience, 
might have been 55 to 45, even possibly 60 to 40 support for Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era pretty consistently throughout the course of the evening. Lots of Adam Cole babies going off in my section. Shout out to anybody in section 106. And another shout out if you happen to pick up a business card in the bathroom, in the men's room, and that's why you're listening to this show. So special shout out to anybody sitting around there, and thank you for becoming a fan. New champ, baby. What else is there to say? Undisputed Era will finally have the first piece of the puzzle and promise they made for 2019 to be draped and dripping in gold. And it begins at the top of the ladder with Adam Cole becoming our NXT world champion. Yes, it's a world title. Been defended in London, been defended in Japan, been defended in the United States, multiple continents, world title. Just one man's opinion, possibly a fact at this point. Give me your thoughts on that one. It's a stance I really stand by. Adam Cole, NXT champion, Roderick Strong, North American champion, and the Undisputed Era with a three-peat in the tag team title department. That sounds pretty good, would look pretty good, would solidify a dominant stable in the world of NXT in the first time that I can remember, probably since the Shield days of Roman and Rollins being tag team champions, and Dean Ambrose running wild with the United States championship reign. Shout out to the John Moxley Chris Jericho interview, by the way, if anybody hasn't checked that out yet. And also the Dustin Rhodes Talk is Jericho interview was also good. Shout out to any AEW fans who happen to cross-train in their fandom with NXT. Anyway, moving on and moving backwards. Will Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Champion become Johnny Rematch? At one point during the match, he was Johnny Kneebrace. Really entertained by that chant as well. Or... Is this the era of undisputed beginning, and will it continue? I see Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle for the NXT Championship soon. I don't know how further down the line. I don't know if it's next takeover or the next one, but somewhere within the next three takeovers, Matt Riddle will be number one contender for the NXT Championship. Will this cross into... His relationship with Johnny Gargano. Garganbro with some recent tag team experience. Johnny Gargano looking for redemption. Matt Riddle looking to rise up through the ranks. Could see a possible triple threat scenario playing out as well. All I know is we have a new NXT champion, Adam Cole, at the top of the ladder. A promise he first made true and a claim he, a claim he first made known, I probably should say at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. When he first came out and decimated Drew McIntyre and held that title above his head for the first time, now we get to see it for real. Now we get to see the era of Undisputed, baby. It began really strong with a great matchup. Can it continue? How far will this momentum take him? How much does his Undisputed Ever Brethren have his back? Based on that ending celebration, Kyle, Bobby, and Roddy seem to be doing just fine. Don't know what tension might possibly continue, or if this is truly hitting the refresh button on all four of these men's careers. 
Adam Cole is our NXT champion. Johnny Gargano, unsuccessfully Johnny rematch. Johnny able to win the championships in NXT, but as we saw with his North American championship reign, he cannot be successful in a title defense. And that really sucks. Can't really close it out any better way than that. As a Johnny Gargano fan, that sucks. As an Adam Cole fan, I cannot wait to see the potential his NXT championship reign holds. That wraps up TakeOver 25, another TakeOver event I was proud to be able to attend. Great crowd, great atmosphere, great matches. There really is no experience better live than an NXT TakeOver event. Moving on to the post-show, pre-show TakeOver matches, we had Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair. Canonically, this could establish a possible new contender for Shayna Baszler's NXT Women's Championship. Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair, EST versus HBIC, number three. Will this rivalry end? I thought that this match was the best match of the series. I really think this rivalry as a whole elevated both women. Bianca Belair, in a sense, able to really give Mia Yim some legs to stand on when it comes to NXT Women's Championship opportunities. Bianca Belair has been in the TakeOver spotlight against Shayna Baszler before. Bianca Belair has been in the Fatal 4-Way with Io Shirai, Kairi Sane, and, B- and uh, Baszler in the past. So Bianca Belair is no stranger to NXT Women's Championship opportunities. Mia Yim is looking to prove through this rivalry that she can be worthy of NXT Women's Championship opportunities. Just to repeat myself, really thought this was the match of the series, the best match of their three matches thus far. Who knows what's next? I really think taking two out of three should solidify the end of this one, but we saw another rivalry in the past outside of a title picture elevate two superstars. I'm talking about Kyrie Sane and Lacey Evans. We've seen Kyrie Sane recently involved in the SmackDown in the women's Tag Team Championship title picture on SmackDown. Not SmackDown Women's Tag Team Champions. Um, and we've seen Lacey Evans step up and get opportunities against Becky Lynch in pay-per-view spotlights before. So a rivalry that can elevate two stars simultaneously, I'm always in favor of. Mia Yim able to overcome, take two out of three falls, take two out of three matches. I'm still in the mindset of Gargano versus Cole, I suppose. Mia Yim able to overcome and deliver a protect Yannick to Bianca Belair, granting her another victory, able to overcome a sizable strength advantage that Bianca Belair has, able to outthink one of the smartest on the NXT women's roster as well. Mia Yim coming out almost shining like a diamond in this one, possibility of a number one contendership, definitely within reach, new merchandise, also out for Mia Yim, that certainly couldn't help in her favoritism as a number one contender possibility. Great match series, great rivalry for these two ladies. I really think it brought up both of their stock. Moving on to the last match I will be discussing, Kona Reeves, the finest, looking to bask in the glory of Keith Lee. Or bask in the glory of the finest? I could kind of see that working as a tag team title line as well. But I want to see Keith Lee 
shine on his own, and I want to see more improvement from Kona Reeves. Hard-hitting matchup between two big men of NXT, Keith Lee, sizable man, Kona Reeves standing at over six foot. Definitely a big-sized match, and I really thought it kind of played to some strengths. Kona Reeves definitely looking the most improved and his best showing to date, in my opinion, thus far on NXT television. Kona Reeves stepping up. There's a reason why NXT is still seen as developmental territory, really putting in the work, really shining and coming through. I really think Kona Reeves is on the up and up. Not enough to say I'm going to be a fan of the guy. I still think his entrance music is the best part of his work. But besides that, Kona Reeves on the up and up really love to see improvement with NXT superstars because that's what they're there. That's what they're there to do. Even under the bright lights of a bigger city show outside of full sale tapings, getting the opportunity to improve against bigger crowds can only be good for all parties involved. However, Keith Lee looking absolutely limitless would plant Kona Reeves to the ground and secure himself another W. Keith Lee looking great coming back from an injury. Ideally would be continuing the rivalry with Dominic Dijakovic, but Dijakovic suffering a meniscus injury of his own. So some NXT history and a possible budding rivalry against two other big men kind of put on hold at this point. So where does Keith Lee go from here? Keith Lee could possibly look like a title contender. Talking, of course, canonically, this is after NXT TakeOver. So where does Dream land in having contenders for the North American Championship? Could Keith Lee possibly step up and give the Dream another charismatic clash for that title? And why not split the difference? Give Tyler Breeze a rivalry with Kona Reeves. Get Kona Reeves a chance to shine his personality, another egotistical angle between these two guys, and let's give Tyler Breeze a rivalry he can come out successfully on the other side of, and let's get him a couple of wins with his return to NXT's roster. So split the North American division, give Keith Lee an, an opportunity as quickly as possible. I could really see some good back and forth between Lee and the Dream really playing off the limitless and limitless potential angle there. Kona Reeves against Breeze. Reeves against Breeze kind of has that nice little ring to it. I could definitely see that being a future rivalry as well. Regardless, all of the action from Bridgeport was absolutely brilliant. Watching it back on TV, I enjoyed the show just as much as I did when I was there in person. I really like what Beth Phoenix is doing behind commentary. She sounds, I know this was a word I harped on for Tyler Breeze a lot, but she sounded inspired. She had a lot to contribute. I love her analysis thus far. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work to Beth Phoenix. Mauro Ronaldo, as energized as ever, Nigel continues to compliment the best play-by-play announcer in combat sports. And hopefully, you're sticking around and listening to what I consider the best available NXT podcast. Longest-running, independently-produced project. Be sure to follow me on the social media at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. My primary form of social media outreach. 
Give me a follow. Give me any NXT thoughts that may come across your minds. I'm always open to shoutouts and discussions about anything NXT. That includes NXT UK. I don't cover it here on the show, mostly because my United Kingdom wrestling knowledge is so limited. When I can, I like to dive into the past history of superstars. So I do need to get myself acquainted more with NXT UK, especially considering NXT UK Cardiff coming up on August 31st. It's a takeover special I will be sure to watch and want to go out of my way to cover. And the best way to provide me personally with updates and for me to reach out with you and converse is probably on Twitter. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word is the Instagram. Be sure to hit me up on the Instagram as well. Check out some NXT postings that I like to put up there. Check out pictures of the Velveteen Dog, Colin. Check out just any wrestling-related pictures that I happen to find entertaining. I will be sure to post them up on the Instagram. Uh, Check out the Facebook page. Facebook page, a little lackluster as far as interaction goes, but I appreciate any form of social media outreach, and thank you for all of your support. Thank you for listening. Don't know how you're listening to this, but I'm sure it's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, which is rumored and supposedly on its way out of commission, Google Play, CastBox.fm, Stitcher, however you get your podcasts. There are a lot of wrestling podcasts out there. Thank you so much for choosing this one and giving me your time and allowing me to have NXT conversations with you. I am your host, CD, Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion. This has been episode 89. I cannot thank you enough for listening. Always remember, there is no I in Team NXT. Have a great day, have a great week, and keep watching wrestling.